Hey everyone, I'm excited that I get to share the message with you today. I'm up here sharing the platform with some of our staff here at Whitewater, and I just wanna take a second before I jump into my message and just share something because I can, because I'm the new guy and I can get away with this. Like you have got this crazy, talented, like sold out for Jesus team praying over you daily. They are fighting for the greatest good in their marriages, in their relationships, in their families, in their teams. They are strategically thinking about how to best serve you, the community, but not just thinking about it. You guys are going out and you are doing it. And all of them are submitting to the will of God and his calling on their life, and they are killing it right now. And I am so humbled that I get to be up here with you guys, that I get to be on the team with you guys, that I get to do what I get to do, and I, and I thank you. You're so lucky. <laughs> We're starting a new series called Upside Down, and some of the themes in this series, as you can maybe already pick up from some of the graphics, is, is pulled from a popular Netflix series called Stranger Things. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, what I want you to do right now, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, is in the comments, I want you to list who your favorite character is. So who's your favorite character? We want to see. Who is it? Who is it? Is it Dustin? Who is it? Is it... L, like who's your favorite character? Uh, Kelly and I, we're big fans of Stranger Things. I know, we're heathens, pray for us. Uh, we're excited that season four is coming out. We watched the trailer. We're so glad to see that Hopper is alive. Sorry if that's a spoiler. Uh, if you don't watch Stranger Things and you have no idea who Hopper is, which some of our staff, they don't, and so uh, I'm not gonna poke fun of them much, um, but I know it's just a tiny little show that hardly anybody watches. Uh, it's just one of the most popular TV shows on Netflix in the entire world, right? Um, just to give you some comparison, uh, last season, season three, when it dropped on, on July 4th weekend, close to 41 million global household accounts watched the show during the first weekend it aired. And by the end of that same weekend, 18.2 million people globally had already binge watched the entire season in three days. And I think Laura was one of them. Yeah. But for the sake of you that, um, that you don't know Stranger Things and you're a little in the dark, here is a brief summary. Stranger Things is set in a fictional rural town of Hawkins, Indiana. It's a lot like Lawrenceburg, right, Jerrica? Little rural town in Indiana. It's set, it's set in the early 1980s. Uh, just, just outside of Hawkins is this national laboratory uh, that's doing scientific research uh, for the Department of Energy, but secretly, hang with me, they're doing experiments into the paranormal and supernatural. And now come to think of it, because I stayed out in Lawrenceburg a few times, there is this power plant just outside of Lawrenceburg that no one really knows what they're doing out there. Stranger things is happening in Lawrenceburg. <laughs> She's a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Inadvertently in Stranger Things, this government agency has created a portal to an alternate dimension. I know some of you are like, what are you talking about? Hang with me. It's a, they've created this portal to an alternate dimension and they call it the Upside Down. And the Upside Down is a dimension that it looks like our world, 
but not. It, it, it's creepy, it's, it's full of shadows, it's full of darkness, and, 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 and the influence of the upside down, it starts to affect the entire town and all the people in it, and it becomes the central focus of this good versus evil storyline. And over the next four weeks in this upside down series, we're going to talk about, just like the upside down in Stranger Things, how our world that we live in today, with all the things that we love, with all the things that we fear, is actually more like the upside down than probably we would care to admit. That the world we are currently in is actually a lower quality mirror image of the right side up kingdom of God that we are all called to. Now, throughout this series, we're going to look at a book in the Bible called 1 Corinthians. It is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. He actually wrote two letters to the church in Corinth, the, the church that he actually started in a city called Corinth. Um, for those of you that maybe don't know, in the ancient world, the city of Corinth had a lot of similarities to any major city across America today. You could easily replace uh, the city of Corinth with the city of Cincinnati. It, it was a sports town. It was a tourist mecca. It, it sat on the water. Um, Corinth was based on a service economy. Uh, they were filled with people that supported hotels and clubs and casinos and sports and entertainment. It was a major port city, and like major port cities like Corinth, it was notorious for its decadence. And Corinth shared in this notoriety. Sexual immorality and overall brokenness was the rule, not the exception. Yet in this upside-down city, God moved in a significant way. He did something new in the Christian faith in this city. It didn't just survive, it thrived. And, and, and isn't it just like God, like to drop in right into the middle of the mess Right, and, and do his thing. Listen, if the church ever stops going to the mess, we have stopped being the church. There was nothing safe or easy for Paul to start this church in this city at this time, but God rarely calls us to what is safe or easy. It is most often that we find our calling outside of our comfort zone. And someone needs to hear this today, okay? I don't know who it is, but as I was typing this and writing this, I knew like, oh, oh, somebody, this is for somebody. You've been praying for clarity. You've been praying for like discernment of your next steps and the calling on your life. And listen, stop looking for purpose and calling in the places of comfort and convenience. In Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, he, he shows all of us that there is a counterintuitive like, way to see the world. It, it, the, 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 the way that Jesus calls us to live, it's counterintuitive to, to not just go along with what the culture says is okay, but to look past what is right in front of us, that there is a better way of living even though we're in an upside-down world. And, and when you live like that, that it may actually look foolish. But, but Paul repeatedly says, he points out that God's best for us will often look foolish to those who don't understand him. 
Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, it'll be on the screen. It, it doesn't help them right now because they don't have the screen in front of them, but I'll read it for them, okay? Uh, this is 1 Corinthians 1, and this is Paul talking. says, I'm writing to God's church in Corinth to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Can we just take a second, like right here, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's in your kitchen, your bathroom, your living room, wherever you are listening to this, and just thank God for grace. Thank God for peace. Thank you, Jesus. Say it in the comments. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for grace. Thank you for peace. Say it out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Clap your hands. I want you to clap your hands so loud to say thank you for grace, Jesus. I want your neighbors to think you're having a party and you've got more than 10 people over and they're calling the health department. Thank you, Jesus, for grace. Thank you for not giving me what I deserve. Thank you for second and third and fourth and fifth and 200th chances. Thank you that your mercy for us is new every single day. Thank you for seeing us in our ugliest and saying we were worth dying for. Thank you, Jesus, for peace. How much do we need peace right now? I mean, everywhere we turn, there's, there's something or someone trying to steal our peace. Thank you, Jesus, for a peace that surpasses understanding. Thank you, Jesus, for peace that sustains regardless of bank accounts, regardless of quarantines, regardless of the storms in our life, regardless of viruses, regardless of report cards, regardless of what my right now looks like. Thank you for a peace that only you can give, Jesus. Were you clapping? Were you clapping for that? Because I'm clapping for that, Jesus, and I don't care what people think. I'm clapping in the midst of a storm. I'm clapping in the midst of COVID-19 and I don't care if I look foolish because the God that we serve, the God that loves us, the God that sent his son to die for us is bigger than anything we are up against. And if our God is for us, then who can be against us? I'm clapping and I don't care. Some people may think I'm a fool if I'm clapping my hands like that. Some people may think that I'm a fool just because. And you know what? Paul has some things to say about looking foolish. This is verse 18 in 1 Corinthians 1. He says this. He says, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. And the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. I'm good with looking a fool. (laughs) Paul goes on to say in verse 26, he says this, he says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. 
And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and he used them to bring nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. There's this tension in these verses, right? Like there's this tension of of two worlds colliding, the tension between what is important in God's eyes and and what isn't, the tension of this upside-down world and a right-side-up kingdom And which world are we living in? Like, which world do we want to be living in? The upside down, the world as we see it now, the way things are, or the right side up, the kingdom way of life, the way things can and will be. For those of us that have made the decision to allow Jesus to be our Lord and leader, there's another question to ask. Which of these are we bringing to our world right now? If you know this, if you've ever been taught this, maybe when you were younger, like say this with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As Jesus' people, we are called to bring heaven to earth right now. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion, we are called to bring kingdom to earth, a right-side-up kingdom way of living to an upside-down world that we're living in right now. That's what we should be doing right now during this season of COVID-19, not just sitting around watching Tiger King waiting for the rapture. Like, why? Okay? Like, We are called to bring kingdom to earth. I just laid her out. (laughs) Your kingdom come, Jesus. Your will be done on earth. Even if I'm the only one, even if it feels awkward, even if I'm getting made fun of, even if I look foolish, I'm bringing kingdom wherever I go, in big ways and in small. In, in, in the Stranger Things series, like, there's this tension in the storyline that lives between this group of people, these students and kids and adults, and they're trying to save their town and save their friends while they're fighting against this evil being from the upside down called a Demogorgon. And I turned to my wife and I said, it's a weird world when I can work in Demogorgon into a sermon, Okay. <laughs> But I did it, baby. It worked. All right? Now, now demogorgons, they're these predators whose purpose is to consume and distort and destroy reality and humanity as we know it. Now, we don't have any demogorgons in real life, right? I mean, do we? I mean, do we have predators in our reality? Do we have people and things that are trying to consume us? Trying to distort and destroy our reality? I'm, I'm just asking the question, you know? I, are we living in the upside down? 
I mean, I can try to like, you know, painfully be clever here, you know, and turn a phrase, and I'm, and I'm comparing the life we're living, you know, as, as followers of Jesus, you know, to a TV show, but, but, but listen, when I, when I look at the world that I see out my window, and I see at the grocery store, and I see on TV, and I see on online, like I can make a case that we're living in the upside down, that, that we do in fact have a demogorgon prowling around an evil that is trying to pull us into darkness. Jesus says that our enemy, his sole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the reality. And if that's the case, now more than ever do we need to show up as, as Jesus followers to, to, to become the next best version of ourselves as men, women, and students to start acting foolish to bring a right-side-up kingdom to the world right now. Verse 18 says this. It says, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. And guys, I can say that without judgment because I was headed for destruction because of the life that I used to live. I would look at those Christians and I'd say, oh, they're stupid and foolish. And now look at me. <laughs> right? Isn't that the irony of God, right? Don't about, talk about upside down, right? The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. The message of the cross says this. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But the upside down thinking says, yeah, that sounds nice but not as nice as seeking first the perfect filter for this righteous selfie that I took of me snagging the last 24-pack of, of toilet paper at Walmart. Hashtag blessed. The message of the cross says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. But upside-down thinking says, yeah, how can I not be afraid, pastor man? Like, I'm out of work, been out of work. That stimulus check, if it ever comes, it may help a little, but I was buried in debt before COVID-19 hit. The message of the cross says, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Nah. I'm just looking out for me. No one else is going to do that right now. The message of the cross says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, okay, what commandments, Jesus? Because that, that Bible of yours has like thousands of do's and don'ts. And, and this is how Jesus responds to that. The message of the cross says the most important commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, and all of your soul. The second is equally important to love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these the gospel of Jesus is a paradox. The way up is down. <laughs> to receive, we have to give. To, to be first, we have to be last. To wear a crown, you have to bear a cross. This is the upside down world. This is the tension that is in us between what God is asking of us and what the world will allow from us. There's a tension between the now and, and the not yet. And, and you feel that tension right now, right? Like, 
And let's just be real. Like we know that things are gonna get better. Like inherently I think we have that hope that, that we know it's gonna get better, but, but, but we're not there yet. You know, some of you are like, you know, like, I love my kids, right? I love my kids, but we are going on the fifth week at stay at home, and I'm two days away from announcing the 2020 Hunger Games. May the odds be ever in your favor, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Your parents would never say that, sort of. All joking aside, the... You know, there's always been this very real tension of like living up to a standard, a, a, a tension of, of temptation to just give in to the pressures of the world. That, that, that's the baseline. That's already been there. And now you add to this, this season of being sifted in the midst of a pandemic. We feel like we're, we're losing our stability. Restrictions keep getting added. The weight of responsibility and doubts and fears are just piling up. And, and we're at that breaking point when we're so close to just throwing our hands in the air and saying, I give up. And that's it. Right there. And that spot right there, at that point of surrender, when we stop trying to control, when we stop caring what the world thinks, when we stop trying to keep it all together, it's at that point of surrender when we cross over to the other side, we let go of the upside down way of thinking and we embrace this right side up kingdom. Surrender is our passport to peace. Surrender leads us to freedom. Surrender leads us to victory in Christ. God can do infinitely more with my surrender than I can do with my control. It's in this place of surrender that we come to know the goodness and mercy of God. It's in our weakness that we are made strong. When we surrender our lives to Christ, we get this clear picture of what the kingdom of God looks like. A clear picture of this right side up kingdom that, that we're supposed to bring to our world right now. In the book of Colossians, Paul, the same author from earlier, he shares what this looks like. This is Colossians 3.12. He says this, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. You must also forgive others. And, and above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. That right there. That is the right side up. Kingdom way of living. That is the antidote to the upside down. That is the antidote to everything 
that we are feeling and experiencing right now. I want you to brand verse 14 on your heart. Above all else, clothe yourself with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. But this only comes from a surrendered heart to Christ. Surrendering to a new way of living, a, a new way of loving. Now more than ever, like we need to love well. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. That is how we bring kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. What were the two greatest commandments that Jesus said? Love God, love people. This is our quarantine calling right now. This is our strategy. This is our strategy of, of how to thrive through the storm. We're not just going to survive this. We're not just going to survive this. We're going to thrive through this. This is what God is asking of us right now. Love God, love people. Listen, as I was preparing this message, this is the word that, that God gave me in this time. And maybe it's just for me, but I think it's for more. I think it's for all of us here. This is the word for our season of ministry right now. Make room. Make room in your hearts. Make room in your hearts to love bigger, to love deeper. Make room, make room, literally make room. There is a wave that is coming our way, a wave of hurt, a wave of brokenness, a wave of despair, a wave of fear, a wave of people bringing all of their baggage to the foot of the cross, surrendering to a new way of life. I believe this is our word for us right now. When we come back together, and we will come back together and worship again in this building, and when we do get ready, it's going to be a party, y'all. Listen, we may be sitting six feet apart when we come back to worship, but that's not going to be because of a government order. It's because of the flood of people that have come in, that are filling the rows, that are adding services because they found hope in this season, that they were met with love in this season. People showed up with a right-side-up kingdom and said, I'm going to love you even though it doesn't make sense right now. I'm going to love you beyond reason. I'm going to love you in a new and radical way even though it makes me uncomfortable, even though it's a little messy, even though it may make me look foolish. I'm going to live in a right-side-up way. I'm letting go of this upside-down and I'm embracing something new. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are using this ministry to not just impact this area, not just to impact this city, this region, but you are using this ministry to, to go into the homes of people across the nation, across the world. Thank you for how you are doing it. Thank you for, for, for how you are speaking to us right now. Let us lead well. Let us love well.
Jesus, we need your wisdom right now. We need your guidance. We need your discernment. Help us to love big, to love bold, Jesus. Like that's in our DNA, it's who we are. Help us to let go of the things that hold us back, the things that make us the less than, the imperfect, the, 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 the unhealthy versions of ourselves. Jesus. Help us to step boldly into a right side up way of living and loving. Thank you, Jesus, for all you have given us. Help us to use it, guide us, give us the wisdom and, and discernment to use it to build your kingdom right now on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.